Wow, time to get back into the hang of podcasting. Yes, I took a break. It's been about three weeks or so. Um, The break was unintentional, but uh, work started ramping up and I got busy. Classic. Um, It's hard to to create content and have new ideas (laughs) on a weekly basis. So I commend any podcasters who do that and who have done that for years and years uh, because it's hard, y'all. But... Uh, I'm back, and I will say that I'm going to be taking a break from podcasting after we reach uh, 12 episodes. I think that will be considered the first season, so I I think we're two episodes away. This will be the 11th, Um, and our topic this week is not necessarily going to revolve around my therapy sessions. I still have been going to therapy. Those have not taken a break, Um, but I've kind of... Uh, been going through some difficult uh, moments or uh, I don't know how to phrase that I've just I've had some rough times with family members recently and so I've been talking through that with my therapist and it's kind of to the point where I don't really want to talk about it on a public podcast (laughs) Um, maybe in you know a few months or whatever I'll go back and like hash things out on here but it still feels kind of raw and like not something that I would want to just instantly talk about. I knew that that line would kind of come eventually, but uh, it's here. So, (laughs) Uh, and it is, you know, some intense stuff. So I guess it, you know, will eventually make for some good content for queer therapy. But in the moment, I think I want to just keep it private and work through the storyline, you know, as it's actually unfolding and not necessarily comment on it as I'm going through it. So instead of talking about uh, my queer therapy, I'm going to talk about a topic that is my queer therapy this week, which is actually two things. The first being the secret network of queers. (laughs) It's not so secret, but the network of queers, which I feel exists anywhere you go if you're a queer person. Um, as well as self-love <laughs> and uh, that topic obviously spans to many things but specifically mine involves Caesar salads and white wine so let's get into it. I'm gonna start with the second one that I said because it's on the top of my mind right now but there's something that I do on a kind of regular basis especially when I'm feeling stressed or just not okay in general and it is to take myself out on dates (laughs) and you know that's not exactly a groundbreaking concept but I think it's something that not a lot of us actually do and sets aside time for but I've done that for years and years now and I think I'm realizing that that practice is kind of what has led to a lot of my own self-confidence and for me dates don't necessarily mean I go out anywhere. For one, I live in Reading and there's not really much to do. Um, But what it means is essentially to wine and dine myself, you know, better than I would anyone else. (laughs) So I kind of go all out for these evenings and, you know, they're not always, I don't always go all out, but a lot of the times I, you know, my love language is food. And so I'll pick a recipe that feels really extravagant and over the top. 
and go shop by myself and find the specific ingredients for that recipe and pick out a nice wine, typically a white wine, um, and get my favorite little Caesar salad because Caesar salad goes with fucking everything. (laughs) Um, and I'll spend, you know, hours just making that meal, blasting my favorite music or listening to a podcast or something. Um, and really just like wine and dining myself. I don't know. I, it's funny because there was a time period in my life where I did this a lot and maybe got a little bit addicted to wine, (laughs) to alcohol. Um, and I found myself kind of, you know, relying on that as a way to cope with what was happening around me. And it's funny because I don't really relate that to abusing alcohol as a way to cope, but more so as uh, an escape method for what my environment looked like at the time. And that's why I don't really view that time as negative. I mean, it definitely wasn't the best for my body, but it was really what was needed for my soul and for my psyche. So now I've kind of adjusted that to a more regulated and um, healthier version of self-love. But at the same time, I think, you know, sometimes balance means imbalance, right? There's not, there's there's sometimes periods of life where in order to get back into balance, you need to overdo it on some things. And that time of my life meant overdoing it on indulgence and uh, specifically self-love when it comes to food and wine and feeling good in those ways. Um, Most recently, I've decided to get back into drinking. I haven't uh, drank, drunk, had any wine or alcohol for like about a year or so minus like the occasional uh, social events that I would have a drink, but I kind of swore off alcohol for a while just for health reasons. And recently I realized that by doing so, I kind of also cut out a lot of the uh, dinners that I would do for myself. And, you know, I would still do them, but they just didn't really hit the same without that, you know, white wine and Caesar salad. (laughs) So um, I kind of... have been reinstating them and let me just tell you they are absolutely divine lovely beautiful times of my life and it's funny because sometimes I get some uh like flack for getting drunk on my own but it is actually one of the most cathartic things for me to do and I would suggest that you all do it I think getting drunk having a Caesar salad how many times can I say a Caesar salad in this segment (laughs) but finding that comfort food it's a safe food you know it's something where I just feel like I know it I've watched it a million times and I know what to expect and so uh, just that crisp white wine with a nice Caesar is my safe place Um, and I've come to so many realizations during these uh, self-love dinners that I think have really just shaped who I am and allowed me to exude the confidence that you see today. (laughs) So I just, I was realizing last night, I kind of had a little impromptu uh, dinner last night with myself, and I realized doing these, you know, setting aside these moments and and time slots where I just really focus on myself and, and do the things that feel indulgent, 
has really just allowed me to go through specifically the moments that I'm going through with my family that feel really difficult and feel like sad and, um, you know, something that would in a previous period in my life really just spiral me and make me crumble. I, I think I'm realizing that I'm in this kind of self-confidence place where I'm able to let that stuff kind of roll off my back and know who I am really deeply because I've explored myself, you know, like I've, I've spent the time and effort that it takes to actually understand who I am and what I like and, and what I'm like, um, just with myself, just being alone, you know, it can be scary to be alone, but I think exploring that intentionally and doing things for yourself that you know you like and make you happy and make you feel good is really important. So my career therapy this week is self-love for me in the form of dinners, Caesar salad and white wine. Um, and you should try it and please let me know what your self-love looks like. My second topic is the secret network of queers. (laughs) And this can kind of span from connections I've made on Grindr and Tinder to those friends that you make in grocery stores or, you know, I don't know, hair salons or just like different places where you kind of give each other that little look that says, yeah, we're queer. <laughs> um, and it feels just so comforting. I don't know. I, th- I realized that um, in a previous life, I w- used to do that, but I was so in the closet that I, I would never express that I was also queer. It just was kind of this knowing that, you know, we had uh, just based on looks and like internet presence. But now being fully out and just within the queer community, it's such a safe space that I think a lot of straight people are missing in their life. But it's like this camaraderie where, you know, any sort of oppressed group uh, experiences this where we all kind of have that thing in common that binds us together and puts us on the same team no matter what. Um, And, you know, even when there's differences in beliefs or experiences, we all kind of come under the same umbrella (laughs) of queerness. Um, And it's so special and cute and toxic and lovely. and yeah, it's it's funny because I was talking to my friend recently about this, especially like as a gay man, I don't know if this is different. It's probably different for lesbians and different for other queer people. But um, for me specifically, I've had like longstanding friends within the queer community uh, that I've met on Grindr, on Instagram, uh, like on Snapchat, different social media platforms where I've never even met them in person. And <laughs> Some of them listen to this pod I think so hi to you (laughs) if you're listening um but I think it's just something that queer people do and again especially gay men where we kind of make these connections and keep them for a long time I'm actually doing some research some (laughs) anecdotal research to figure out if it's just me that does this or if it's like mostly me I mean it can't be just me I don't think it's actually just me (laughs) But maybe I just have more of kind of a polyamorous outlook on life. And so, I don't know, I might I might have more friends like this. But I was talking to my lesbian friend, and she basically, she felt really, like, mind blown that I do this and have so many friends online. And basically said, like, that's not a thing in her life. She doesn't know uh, how she would handle that. 
Because from my perspective, a lot of these relationships are, they just feel really safe and comfortable. And like, we know what each other looks like naked. (laughs) And I feel like if we did meet in person, there would be super safe people to like explore, I don't know, with sexually. Um, And I would do that. Like if I met them in person, I feel like they would be really safe people to just, I don't know, like lay naked in a bed with together <laughs> and just feel like like safe anyway uh, yeah I don't know it's it's kind of a, an entire world in itself and it, you know the queer community online and and uh the secret queer community that I'm talking about isn't just that like that is one aspect to it and that is like that's one subset one group of friends that I have um but beyond that there are obviously like a full range of queers that find safety and camaraderie you know with each other um in this world of straights and i just wanted to say that it's so lovely and it is my queer therapy all the time um and it's something that i really just wish that straight people could experience because it feels so it like it just feels like to be known deeply and understood by someone else um is so special and I think sometimes that is missing in the broader straight community so um just wanted to give a little peek into that uh there's also some tea there which I won't get into on this pod but it's kind of funny like just I've mentioned before that there's like people who are uh closeted that are a part of this community and especially in this town that I'm in there's people who work at Bethel and work at BM and all these different places who are definitely a part of this community (laughs) and you'll find them on Grindr you'll find them uh not on Tinder but on Grindr and it's it can be rough y'all but at the same time it's this thing where like I would never in a million years out any of them and I think that I'm just like it's humanity you know it's wrong what they're doing obviously but also people don't necessarily understand like the trauma and the life that they've had to live and and go through living in a very straight and uh homophobic world and i just don't really blame them for any of what they're doing so i have you know it's kind of my main empathy button that (laughs) that is pressed by these people (laughs) and so yeah I just think it it's kind of also like this this uh just known and uh accepted position that you wouldn't out someone in the queer community because we all know what it's what it feels like to be scared of being outed we all know what it feels like to be outed most of the time and so um yeah there's a safety and camaraderie even when they kind of it wouldn't seem like they would fit into that um so you know you never know who they are where they are just so you know (laughs) they exist everywhere and they could be your friends who knows but uh yeah just wanted to, to talk about that and say i love that community i'm for you i love you guys um and yeah the queer community is amazing This episode felt so random and weird and didn't really even have a through line, but I just wanted to get back into podcasting and put some form of content out because I feel like I've been in a podcast rut for the last three weeks or so, especially with feeling stressed at work and, um, I don't know, just not really loving what I'm doing in life. 
So there's also been movement on that, and I am hopefully planning a move very soon, so that'll be exciting. Um, But yeah, life is short, and we gotta live it, you know? So thanks so much for listening, and this was Queer Therapy.